Hey, it's Anna Sale, and I want to thank you for listening to Death, Sex, and Money, where I explore the big questions and hard choices that are often left out of polite conversation. You can hear new episodes ad-free every week on Amazon Music, where you can find Death, Sex, and Money and all of your Slate favorites without the ads. As a 28-year-old, it's time for me to get to the big leagues or get out. Um, and so I was, I was really optimistic that this year was going to be the year. And now that there's just no year at all, like, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen next year. This is Death, Sex, and Money. The show from WNYC about the things we think about a lot and need to talk about more. I'm Anna Sale. And this is our series, Game Changer. Across the globe, sporting events and seasons have been canceled or postponed because of COVID. And that's meant big changes for athletes who make their money from the games they play and organize their lives around them, too. Mitch Horacek is a minor league baseball pitcher who went from spring training with his teammates in Florida to working out his arm alone in a park near his grandma's house in Breckenridge, Colorado. I would just throw my baseballs at the net go pick them up, then scoot back and throw them again. Minor league baseball was canceled this year, but Mitch still needed to stay in shape. All of the um, gyms were closed. So um, I I actually went to Home Depot, which was one of the only places that was open, and bought a bunch of concrete and flower pots Uh and fastened my own set of weights. And I basically, I was mixing concrete on on my driveway And, you know, with with like rubber gloves on and I poured the concrete into the flower pots to let it dry and, you know, basically made these homemade 45 pound plates. I have four of them. Are they like terracotta flower pots? I I don't know what terracotta flower pots are. Like like orange, like the kind of orange flower pots that just like. No, they're 18 inches in diameter and I think four inches deep. I see, like like a plate. So it's like flat. Yeah. So did you figure this out? You're just like cruising around a Home Depot with a cart and like, what am I going to use? Like what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, how do you get creative? Mitch and I talked in early August, nine months after he'd gotten picked up by the Minnesota Twins to play on their minor league teams. I was probably slated for AAA baseball this year, um, which is the, the, the closest level to the big leagues. And he says going into the season, he felt like there was a good chance he'd get called up by the Twins to make his major league debut. Mitch was signed to the Twins on a free agent contract, his first since being drafted after his junior year of college. I was finally able to negotiate a salary on the free market. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, it, it's a huge problem in baseball. You know, the minor league salaries are, are really, really low. You know, the contract that everybody signs out of the draft is a seven-year contract. Um, seven and, years. Yeah. And so the only way to get out of that is either to get released or to basically get to, call, get to the big leagues and get onto a major league contract. But So I knew, I, I knew that the, the wages were going to be bad, but the, the, there's, you know, the, the very widely held belief among minor league baseball players, especially the ones that are just signing, um, you know, it's like, it'll only take me a couple of years to get to the big leagues. So I'll just live off my signing bonus and everything's going to be okay. How did you think about how much money you were going to earn after that signing bonus when you're becoming a, a minor league baseball player? 
So, so I signed, I, I, this is public information. I signed in the ninth round in 2013 for $100,000. Um, after taxes, it came out to be like 70 something. Okay. It's a good chunk of money for, yeah. for 21 years old. Yeah. That, it, it's a good chunk of money. I, I got, I didn't get it all at once either. I got it over the course of a, a year and a half. So, um, but I, I did get that money and I, I knew that, you know, Beside that signing bonus, the the salaries, the wages in in minor league baseball were you know ridiculously low. Um, you know, the lowest being twelve hundred dollars a month to the highest in AAA being like twenty one hundred dollars a month. You only get paid when during the season, and before you know it, you know you, you're in the minor leagues for a year after year after year, and at a certain point, you know you haven't made a reasonable income for you know five, six, seven years. And you look back and you're like, wow, I wish I wish that things weren't like this. Hmm. And what did you do with your signing bonus? So I I didn't do anything with it, honestly. I The, the only thing that I bought was uh, uh, a, f- a few books on investing. And <laughs> I so so I, I learned how to I learned how to invest. Uh, I, I saw a lot of my teammates buying cars and buying all sorts of toys. And, um, you know, I, I realized that that was probably not a good idea and that, you know, $70,000 isn't a ton of money. Like, it can go pretty quick if you don't save it the way you should. I want to move ahead to your, like, four or five years into your contract. So when you're making, you know, at most $2,100 a month, um, how did you do it? So, I mean, uh, minor league baseball players, including me, um, are like militantly frugal. Hmm. Um, they, like we, we're very creative when it comes to saving money. At least most of us are. The ones that, that don't have, you know, the, the million dollar signing bonuses. The way I have played it um, every season is that I try to break even while, while, like during the season while I'm playing. Like, for example, last year, 2019, 2018, uh, I was in AA for most of those years and I was making about seven hundred and seventy dollars after tax biweekly. So I mean, it's not a lot of money, but no. you know, when you're working every day, it's not you don't really have a whole lot to spend your money on besides food and food and shelter. Basically, this last off season, I had an apartment with a, with a, with a, another baseball player, and you know, of course, we weren't getting paid in the off season. You know, we were working you know side jobs and trying to make you know ends meet the best we could. But we furnished our whole apartment on Craigslist free, so oh. you know. We just collected it from all over the city in Denver from different people. And then at the end of the off season, we were able to sell some of it um, and make a little bit of money back. Can you tell me a little bit more about what that apartment looked like when it was fully furnished with free stuff from Craigslist? What were the items? It was a hodgepodge of stuff. Um, we had, you know, we, I, I found these really old, dirty, um, like, like bar chairs uh-huh. that this guy gave me for free. My uh, roommate and I went to go pick up this powered reclining chair. Um, that this that this this guy had he was it was an 80 year old guy and he was trying to sell it but he couldn't get it out of his apartment so um you know people had come over to buy it for i think 300 dollars, but they couldn't lift it out of his out of his house and so finally he he gave up and said and agreed to give it to us for free um only if we could lift it out of his apartment so <laughs> we went over to his house and, and we were able to lift it um but it was not an easy easy task actually that was the only piece of furniture we had was that couch so since you signed, how many how many different cities and apartments have you lived in? Oh my God, so many. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, 
since my career started, I've lived in Maryland, I've lived in Connecticut, Texas, Arizona, um, Florida, mm. New Mexico. Um, the way the, the nature of minor league baseball is such that you need to be able to get up and go and at, at any time. Last season in 2019, I was playing for the Albuquerque Isotopes, uh-huh. uh, which is the tr- AAA team for the Rockies. And I wasn't pitching very well at all. It was a really tough, tough spot in my career. But, you know, I, I had an apartment in Albuquerque and you know, I wasn't pitching very well. And the, the Rockies organization decided to send me to Hartford um, in like the middle of May. Uh-huh. And I got I got the news that I was I was being demoted during the middle of a road trip. So I was in Tacoma, Washington, you know, with a suitcase for, you know, a, a seven day road trip. And they sent me to Hartford with just my suitcase. And I never I never went back to Albuquerque um, to clean up my apartment. Uh, my, my brother had to do it for me. Wow. You know, you can be sent across the country, you know, at a moment's notice. And did you like, just say to your teammates, like, see you later? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they, they all understand, you know, yeah. the nature of the nature of the game. I mean, so it's, it's a, it's a crazy business. I mean, you got to be able to get up and go, um, at a moment's notice and you might stay there the whole summer. You might be there for three days. You, you really just don't know. So, yeah. I want to understand, so your seven years, you did your seven-year commitment, and then this season was supposed to be a one-year free agent contract with the Twins. That's correct, yes. Does that mean you were making more money than, than you had before? Yes, I was I was making considerably more money. Um, Is that public? Can you tell me how much you're making now? I would, I'd prefer not to. Okay. Is it like you feel like... <sighs> enough money that you can buy furniture for Absolutely. yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, it's not, I mean, it's, I, by all means I wasn't going to get rich, but, um, it was definitely like, it was a, it was a comfortable, a comfortable wage, um, you know, to support myself the whole year. And so I, I would, I would only, I'd still only be paid during the season, but it was enough money to comfortably support myself, you know, as a 28 year old, you know, the whole year round. Got it. So you, it was seasonally paid, but enough to fix you for the year. Yes, yes. And so, and and it's um, it, what what really sucks is I, I had that contract and it, it was signed and executed. However, the the twins are not honoring it. Um, you know, since, since the season is 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 canceled, um, they 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 don't feel as, as though they they're obligated to pay me that salary, which has been uh, very frustrating in and of itself. So you're not getting paid right now? Not, well, so minor league baseball, um, I, all of the teams agreed to pay their minor leaguers uh, $400 a week stipends. I don't know if all teams are still doing it. Uh, the Twins are. So I, I am getting paid $400 a week uh, after taxes, like five five sixty biweekly. Um, so it is something, but it's it's a it's a long shot from what I was uh, what what I was expecting. So you were expecting to have a salary that was going to make you feel like you could finally be comfortable as a twenty eight year old, and now you don't have exactly, that. exactly yes. The most upsetting and and difficult part of this is that you know a baseball career is very short, mm. um, and as a twenty eight year old in the minor leagues, uh, you know, albeit the high minor leagues. Uh, I'm, I'm considered, you know, old, um, for what I'm doing. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a great feeling knowing that I, you know, I lost the whole season, you know, uh, especially when I was so close and, you know, mm-hmm. um, it's just, it's just a very, it's just very frustrating. 
Coming up, Mitch turns down his only opportunity to make it to the major league this year. The way I saw it, I was going to, the only chance I was going to be invited back is if either one, a whole bunch of guys got hurt, or two, and more likely, a whole bunch of guys got sick. Like, that's not a circumstance in which I want to come back anyway. This episode is brought to you by Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. On Fail Better, David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he will chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalyst for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. We have had a lot of exciting new things to share with you about the show recently, but this might be some of our biggest news yet. Death, Sex, and Money is officially going to be live in New York City at the Tribeca Festival on June 11th. And I want to personally invite you to the live taping we'll be doing with the legendary journalist Kara Swisher. If you know Kara's work, you know her ability to get people to tell her things is unmatched. And she does it in her signature, hard-charging way. She's not afraid of things getting a little combustible. I have a slightly different interview style, so we're going to talk about that and play around with that in experimental ways that I think will make this a special show unlike any of our other live shows up to this point. And it's not often that I get to do a live Death, Sex, and Money show in New York, so I really hope to see you there. Whether you're in the city, on the East Coast, or just been looking for a reason to visit New York City, come on June 11th for this show. You can get tickets now at TribecaFilm.com slash Death, Sex, Money. We are so excited to see you there. Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So, first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene. Successful campaigns against the gay community, which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. It would call for firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. Gay rights now! Gay rights! With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. <laughs> and activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. 
Slow Burn, Season 9, Gaze Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen. If we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails. There ain't no going back. This is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. I'm Anna Sale. Only about 10% of minor league baseball players ever make it up to the majors, where they have a union and much, much higher salaries. And at the start of the summer, after minor league spring training was canceled, Mitch Horacek still thought he had a chance to get called up to join the Twins roster. So that's how he ended up lifting weights he'd made himself at his grandmother's house in Breckenridge. I couldn't go for months and months without lifting, especially lifting heavy. I mean, there's only so much you can do that's sufficient to stay, you know, powerful and explosive for baseball. So I was like, man, I got to figure out a way to, you know, move around some weight. So when you say that you're trying to stay in shape in case you get called up, like, like how have you thought about that as the months have, have gone on and you're trying to think about, oh, can I have that candy bar or like... Do I need you to do that run or, you know, like how have you thought about staying in shape and what your obligation is right now? So it's, it's kind of evolved as the time has, has passed. So, you know, earlier in the spring, there was a debate, um, you know, about, as to how MLB was going to resume play. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I, I felt like I had a chance to be invited back when play started started again. Mm-hmm. And I did. I mean, I was, I was, you know, one of the, I was one of the top, you know, minor league baseball players in the organization with the twins that, um, that wasn't on the roster. So I like, you know, I wasn't on the team, but I was pretty close to being, you know, like one of the guys that would be a replacement if another guy got hurt, for example. So, you know, in April, May, and even June, I was training really hard. I was, I was training six days a week, you know, tr- really trying to stay in shape. And MLB finally figured out a plan to, to resume play. And that was like mid-June, maybe. And then they finally released rosters, uh, you know, the names of all the guys that they're going to invite back on June 28th. And on, on June 28th, I, I got a call from the Twins uh, and they basically said, look, we're not going to invite you back now, but there's a chance that if something happens, we're going to invite you back. So we want you to stay ready. And so, you know, I, I had been staying ready. I was ready to go. Um, you know, I was, I was in shape, ready to be invited back, uh, you know, whenever they called. But when I got the call from, you know, the organizations telling me that I wasn't going to be invited back, but they still wanted me to, stay ready. Mm-hmm. I was, I was kind of faced with the dilemma, right? Yeah. You know, I hear here, I have a, an organization who wants me to, you know, continue training in suboptimal um, circumstances at the same time, they're not paying me what my contract has on it. Yeah. Um, I bet that and, didn't feel good. No, it didn't feel very good at all. So <laughs> yeah. at that point I told the twins basically like, you know, I, I'm don't call me. You did. Um, yeah. So, it, it, you know, cause if, you know, if, if they're not going to keep up their end of the deal, why should I, especially why, why should I, you know, come work for them, you know, contributing to their billion dollar enterprise. Um, if, if they're like going to put me in a bad situation financially, and then perhaps a bad situation, you know, from a health standpoint. Yeah. Was that a phone conversation with someone or was it email? How did you communicate? Yeah. Multiple, it was multiple phone calls. When you hung up the phone, 
did it feel like the end of your baseball career? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, yes and no. Um, you know, I, I have a one-year contract that expires uh, in, in November. Um, you know, I would like, I would like for that contract to be renewed. Um, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. So, you know, that's, you're right. I, it could be the end of my career. I, I really don't know. Um, at, it could, at a certain point, you know, I, I'm not going to be bossed around or, or, or um, bullied around, um, you know, just because, you know, the quote unquote, the dream, um, I want an equitable deal. You know, if, if I, I do believe that if the season happened this year and I was pitching well, you know, right about now, um, and there was a spot open, it could have been uh, my number that was called. You know, I was like, you know, pretty close. Uh huh. Honestly. What's it feel like when you say, like, if this had been a normal year, I might be. I think I would have been called up right around now. What's it feel like to say that? It's it, it's it, it makes me. I mean, it, it's not a good feeling at all. It's I'm. It's been a pretty sad and depressing uh, couple of months. You know, I put a lot of time and effort into into something, and then it just kind of you know disappears almost overnight. And it's it's definitely it it's definitely upsetting. I mean, it's 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 just it's some adversity and. You know, I, I recognize that there are Americans all over the country that are in different but equally um, crappy uh, situations right now. And, you know, I, I so I'm, I'm not I don't want to be interpreted as, as complaining about it, but it, it does. It, it is unfortunate. Um, it's just a very exciting and exhilarating you know, thing to be able to compete against, you know, some of the best athletes in the world. Um, you know, it's you can't really replace it. When you think about. A professional life, a career after baseball. What are you picturing for yourself right now? Every off season, I've tried to you know work on developing my skills um, in order to you know jump it, like hit the ground running uh, after baseball in some kind of you know career. Uh, one year, I took the LSAT because I was like, man, maybe I'll want to go to law school. Um, you know, and I've done all sorts of little things. But this past off season, I I got into web development. Uh, I, I you know, started learning how to code um, websites, and I built a few sites this this off season. I built a site, a website for the gym I was working out at, and I also built a website for uh, uh, one of the club, like youth club baseball teams that was working out at the gym. And so, you know, I, I had this little side gig going, and the pandemic hit, and I'm sitting up in Breckenridge, like, man, I need something to do, uh, especially to make money, and. Um, you know, just through a very lucky turn of events, you know, I, I had a tweet that went viral. Um, and you know, I had a lot of people looking at my pro my Twitter profile and at the same time, you know, I I came across uh, another baseball player who was doing something similar. Um, he had more experience than me in web development and the two of us, um, I, I had a bunch of jobs lined up, you know, from this tweet and he you know has a bunch of experience doing web development and we decided to start a little business together so i think we 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 got together in maybe like late april uh-huh early may and we started we started a little company called in the zone web development in um, the zone and in the zone yeah so it's like a it's like a play off of like being in the zone coding but also in the zone is like the stri- like in the strike zone. Yeah, um, I get it. Yeah. I'm with you. I got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so we so so that's what I've been working on. Uh, you know, this since being home, um, this little web development agency. Um, 
you know, we've done, we, we have a whole bunch of different contracts, um, but we specialize in uh, baseball, the intersection of baseball and the internet. throwing baseballs in, in a training mode right now. Um, when you think about throwing baseballs and, and being out there on the pitcher's mound, like, do you miss it? Oh, yeah. Tons. Yeah, I, I, it's it's been really hard, especially because, you know, baseball started back up again. Like, it's happening now, and it's on TV. And so I've been watching some of the games, and I'm mm. watching a lot of my former teammates and some of my friends out there competing a um, lot, like yesterday one of my longtime teammates made his major league debut. Um, and you know, I'm very happy for him, but at the same time, I'm like, damn, like, I wish, I wish I was out there too, like making my debut. Um, so it's, it's been, it's been very frustrating and I, it's, I'm definitely sad, you know, that to not be competing because that's what I love to do. So at 28, have you looked back at yourself as a junior in college and thought, should I really have signed that contract? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, it that is a good question. I mean, it's it's always been a dream of mine to play baseball in in the big leagues. And so I I don't really have any regrets. I mean, it's been it's been a really hard path. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that that ha- haven't gone my way necessarily, but at the end of the day, like I I don't regret playing baseball professionally. I, it's it's been you know, I'm, it's very cliche and I, I don't really like the cliche, but, um, you know, chasing your dream is something that I put a lot of value in. I mean, I, you know, I have, I have the opportunity to go work, you know, go get a quote unquote real job, um, whenever I'm done. So, um, while I still can play baseball, I, I feel that, you know, I should. That's Mitch Horacek. Since I spoke with him, he's left Colorado and moved to Florida with his girlfriend. He's no longer getting that weekly stipend from the twins, but he has started going back to the gym to get in shape for next season. Death, Sex, and Money is a listener-supported production of WNYC Studios in New York. I'm usually based at the studios of the investigative podcast Reveal in Emeryville, California. Annabelle Bacon produced this episode. The rest of our team includes Katie Bishop, Appy Yellow Duke, Emily Botine, and Andrew Dunn. Special thanks to Garrett Brushhouse for his help on this episode. The Reverend John Delore and Steve Lewis wrote our theme music. I'm on Twitter at Anna Sale. The show is at Death Sex Money on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you're not already subscribed, sign up for our weekly newsletter at deathsexmoney.org slash newsletter. Thanks to Ronnie Cardino in Hayward, California, who is a sustaining member of Death, Sex, and Money. Join Ronnie and support what we do here by going to deathsexmoney.org slash donate. The pandemic upended a lot of Mitch's plans, but he says there's one way that his career has prepared him for a big setback like this. Baseball especially is a sport where failure is the norm rather than the exception. I mean, like if, if you're a, a hitter and your batting average is, is 300, you're getting a hit 30% of the time, which means that 70% of the time you're, you're getting out, you're failing. And so 
you know, and a 300 hitter is among the best hitters, you know, in, in baseball. I mean, that's that is like the the benchmark for a really really good hitter. And so, failure is is something that you know happens every day. You got you got to get used to it. You, you got to pick yourself back up and go get them the next day. Look out for the next episode in our Game Changer series coming on Friday. I'm Anna Sale, and this is Death, Sex, and Money from WNYC. Coming soon from Slate Podcasts. So, first it was Dade County. Voters in the Miami area repealed civil rights for gay people by a two-to-one margin. In the late 1970s, cities around the country began rolling back anti-discrimination laws that protected gay people. And then it was Wichita, St. Paul, Eugene. Successful campaigns against the gay community which shocked us all. A state senator from California watched the laws fall and saw an opportunity. Homosexuality is a most repulsive lifestyle. His name was John Briggs, and he wanted to deliver the anti-gay movement its biggest prize yet. California realized that they were coming for us. I'm Christina Cotarucci. This season on Slow Burn, we'll explore how a nationwide backlash against gays and lesbians led to a massive showdown in California. Now it's something called Proposition 6, the Briggs Initiative. And it would call for firing any teachers in California who practice homosexuality. Your life as you knew it would be destroyed. We've got to fight back. We can't let this happen in California. The Briggs Initiative would be the first statewide vote on gay rights. With so much at stake, young people became activists. We were all coming out all day long, every day. (laughs) And activists became leaders. My name is Harvey Milk, and I'm here to recruit you. Slow Burn, Season 9, Gays Against Briggs. Out May 22nd, wherever you listen. If we lose here, it'll be 50 years before we ever get back up again. Like the drag queens say, take out the earrings, sharpen the nails. There ain't no going back.